Good morning. It's Sunday, May 31st, and we're closing out the month by starting a new book of the Old Testament. We're going to begin the book of Second Chronicles, which covers 500 years of Judah's history. And so we're going to see everything from Solomon in the United Kingdom, Solomon's reign, all the way through the decree to rebuild uh, the temple. So we're going to get into a lot, but we start with Solomon here as the baton is passed from David, his father, to Solomon. Solomon steps up to lead the kingdom. He asks for wisdom here. He's enriched. And then we see him getting all those materials together. His father had amassed a ton of materials to build the temple, and he finalizes all of that and secures his position as the leader of the nation. And the temple construction begins in chapter 3. And we start to see the dimensions and everything that's supposed to be in the temple and this is just an amazing uh, building it's the most amazing building it's so amazing that by the time five six hundred years later when they're rebuilding it after the Babylonian captivity they think they just can't even come close to the grandeur of what Solomon's temple looked like now when Rome put money into it during Herod's day in the time of Jesus I mean it was even more fabulous but at this particular point the ancient world hadn't seen much like it and this was a fantastic uh, building project and we've seen a lot of discussion about getting all the materials together for it and it's about to begin. It begins here in chapter 3. Our New Testament reading is in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 19. Uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, you remember what drama we had in the last chapter. Now we're at dinner here in their home in Bethany, and Mary anoints Jesus with that expensive spikenard, that anointing ointment. And that um, is an anointing that's not the anointing of a priest or, um, or a prophet. It's, it's the anointing of, uh, of just putting on this anointment on Jesus. But he says, she's prepared me for burial. It's a picture of what they would do, certainly in even a greater way, in the embalming process or at least the packing of spices around the body. And he connects that to the fact that her expression of love is much like the preparation of a body for burial and that he says is a great thing the problem is judas is standing around and we learn this in chapter 12 here that he doesn't like it and he fiends this concern for the poor and john looking back with 2020 hindsight says listen he wasn't concerned for the poor he was a thief and he kept stealing things out of the money bag and so his um his motives are revealed in this passage. So a lot happens in the text, even before we get through verse 19. The triumphal, interest, uh, the triumphal entry takes place, and so we see Jesus coming in, presenting himself as the Messiah to Israel. Uh, our community imperative for the day, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're still in that chapter. We move through this book looking for those community imperatives, either by way of example or a clear command. And on our passage today, we see an example in chapter 2, verse 10 of the Apostle Paul. He says, you are witness, this is verse 10, 1 Thess 2, 10. You are witnesses, rather, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless are was our conduct toward you believers. Now, we talked recently about being an example, but I want to be more specific by inserting this word. I mean, he gets a whole stack of words here. Holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct um, toward you. He said, you've seen it. And we've talked about being a good example in a lot of ways, and there's lots of ways to do that that we've even discussed in the book of First Thessalonians already. But I want to just think about the word integrity and showing that integrity in our dealings with other people. And whether it's financial or whether it's just propriety and whatever area it might be that you, here's how I put it, show integrity in your dealings with others. And money is often a key element of that. And there's plenty of others, but 
We just need to make sure we are trustworthy and that our integrity shows. And while he uses words like holy and righteous and blameless, we know he's not using those in an absolute sense because no one is absolutely holy or absolutely righteous or absolutely blameless except for God alone. The Bible makes that clear. But in a relative sense, it means that we're not acting like the world. We're not in it for greed or for self-promotion or for our own advancement. We need to make sure that our dealings with other people is integrous. And that sometimes is going to mean a sacrifice when we could otherwise slack off, or it means doing something that's selfless when we otherwise could do it in a way that is uh, self-promoting or self-aggrandizing. So in this passage, I would remind you to shoot for and think through how I can be integrous toward other people in my life. Show integrity in your dealings with others. Whatever your dealings are today or this week with other Christians, just make this your concern and your priority. How can I show integrity as I ought to as a Christian uh, who's making a claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ? So there's your community imperative, your Old and New Testament reading, and we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, as we continue our reading through the Bible.